really quick because I mean, ultimately, um, where we're at and what we are doing right now kind of plays into what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, and so uh, we just wanted to, to just start by kind of sharing a little bit about you know who we are and and um, what God has called us to. Um, but I just want to say this right off the bat: the the word that it keeps repeating over and over and over in my spirit this morning is transformation. Transformation, transformation, which is synonymous uh, to the very Christianese word sanctification. It's like God calls us to be sanctified, to be set apart, holy to him. And it's a process that we go through. Sanctification is this process. But an easier word for us to grasp is transformation. God is continually working. He's continually reaching out to you. He's continually talking to you. He is literally calling you. From the day you were born, he's been calling you to his heart, to who he is. All of creation screams it. He calls and he calls and he calls. And he's just waiting for you to say yes and be transformed by his powerful love by his powerful spirit. And so I just want to start off by saying that transformation, and it's, it really speaks right into what we are doing, um, what, what's been done in our lives that are leading us to go um, out into the world. Um, so has been said multiple times, um, and maybe we can throw a little image up there, this, our little Spencer family image. And um, hello. We're the Spencer family. Two of us, anyways. Are the girls still back there? Or did they already get dismissed? Okay. We like having them come up. They're much cuter than we are. Um, so, so anyways, uh, Kira and I and our two lovely little ladies there, Chloe is the, the bigger one. She's standing up there laughing. She's seven years old. She's going to be turning eight in September on the 18th. And Scarlett, the little cute one there, she, uh, she just turned six back in June. And we are about to leave at the end of September to become missionaries. I guess technically we've already become missionaries uh, in the sense that we've, we've changed our, uh, with our covering, which is Elam Fellowship out of Lima, New York, we've gone from being part of their pastoral ministry to their global ministry team. So we are now officially Elam Fellowship missionaries. They are our sending organization. Um, and uh, they are they are covering, and we answer to them then. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so we're becoming missionaries, and we're leaving in September on the 29th. We're going to be heading out, and we're going to be going to, as Steve already let out of the bag. Thank you, Steve. Uh, we're going to be going down to Kona, Hawaii. They have a base down there, uh, YWAM. Uh, who here knows YWAM? I know there's a lot of people probably the do, but maybe some that don't. It stands for Youth with a Mission. And they're an amazing organization. And they are, uh, you know, they primarily started as an organization to help youth that were thinking of going into the mission field, maybe, you know, uh, as their calling in life, to train them up and send them out and help them to, be, to make that transition into the mission field. And in doing so, they've become extremely proficient in training missionaries. So now there's a lot of people that when they feel that call from the Lord to go into it, that will go through the YWAM uh, DTS program, which stands for Discipleship Training School. And they go, and it's a six-month training school, and they are just really good at equipping missionaries for the mission field. 
So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be leaving in September. We're going to be starting our uh, Crossroads DTS. We call it Crossroads because it's for people that are, uh, what, 25 and older uh, <laughs> or have families. Um, there's a lot of older people, older generation that are going through this Crossroads DTS. Up to 90 years old going through this, this process. It's awesome. We're, we're going to be going... And um, we are going to be amongst a group that represents 15 nations and six different continents in our class. The couple that are leading our DTS are from Finland, uh, Ari and Mario. Yeah. yeah, they're a lovely couple. We've had, we had to have an interview with them to get accepted into the program, and, and uh, they're just tremendous. Um, but yeah, so, so we... <laughs> So that's what we're about to do. And that's what we know we're going to be doing. But that's all that we know so far. God has given us one step. He made it very clear, you know, to take this step to go get trained at the YWAM base in Kona. We don't know why. All we know is that that is what he's asked us to do. And we know that with certainty. And so we're taking that step of faith, knowing that when we get there, God is going to provide us the next step. And then the next step and then the next step. We're taking a step out onto the water, literally, so to speak, saying, you know, as long as we keep our eyes on Christ, we'll be able to continue to walk because he's the one that provides. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He is. He's the one that provides. So, so that's what we know we're doing. But what we really want to talk about this morning is the process by which we arrived at this. Um. <laughs> We really do. It's uh, like <laughs> we do. We really do. She's she, she's looking at me. She's already in tears. She's still in tears from worship. Oh really? Oh man, I'm sorry. Trust me, I'm convinced. Um, What's uncertain is, honestly, if there's a sense of uncertainty in what I'm saying, it's more or less about what I'm saying than it is about where we're going. Because I want to make very clear, we know what we're doing is 100% from the Lord and we're going there. But what I am still trying to sift through is the process by which we receive the calling and by which we obey the call. That's what I'm trying to talk about this morning. And it can only come from a place that is personal unto us. And so all I have is my personal testimony to share to every single one of you in hopes that the Lord uses a part of it. All, she, all Kira has is her personal testimony to share in order that maybe somebody will hear it and say, I can relate to that and God can speak through that and transform my life. And so all I can do right now is tell you that I used to be a porn addict. I used to be an alcoholic. I partied a lot in college. Praise God for sanctification. Praise God for transformation. I, I just want to read this one thing really quick because I know for a long, long time, especially when I was younger, and I see a lot of young people in the room, the word sanctification didn't make sense to me. I, I struggled with it. I didn't understand it. And so I just want to read the definition 
so you guys can hear what it is. The first definition is the action of making or declaring something holy. But the second definition, and this is what we're speaking more to this morning, is the action or process of being freed from sin and purified. That's what it means to become sanctified. And the moment you accept, the moment you accept the blood of Jesus Christ over your life, there's three things that happen. You are made righteous, you are sanctified, and you are redeemed. But when you're in the Word, you realize that you are also on the path of righteousness. You are also in the process of sanctification, and you are going to be redeemed the day you enter the pearly gates. A lot of people love the idea and the, and the, and the, 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 the word that I, I prayed a prayer and now I've received these three things, but it's much more a part of our lives and a part of really living dead to flesh and living for Christ that we walk out the path of righteousness and we go through the journey of sanctification, the process of becoming sanctified, knowing we are going to be redeemed. And so, so something that was said today, you know, hold, hold up, just before I jump back into this, I want to get to our personal testimonies. I want to talk to you guys about how we got to this place. And um, I want to go back as far as, hmm, hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. How far back do you go? <laughs> nope, that's too far. Nope, nope, come fast forward. <laughs> really, it's, it started here. Kira and I met here in J, at, you know, at JCC. We met here in Jamestown. I'm from Russell. She was from Randolph area. We got married and we started coming church to church here, Praise Fellowship. Guys, our lives were a wreck. Our lives were not right. We were, I was still struggling with pornography, um, still drinking on occasion. My wife was drinking a lot. She was struggling with a lot um, in that regard, especially. And, uh, but the Lord began a work in the season that we were here that started to draw us closer and closer to his heart. He, he really began to do this sanctification work in our lives, this, this process of, uh, of growing us. And, um, and so, So yeah, so I, I knew that I was being called out, but I didn't know what for, and I was just, and I was struggling with all of these things. Jesus, Lord, you are good. I'm, I'll, I'll, Okay. 
I'm just trying to be present and and my mind is going all over the place. So I need to pray. I'm sorry. Father God, I just need your Holy Spirit. I need you, Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Um, you're good. Jesus is the cure to what ails us. It was spoken during worship. You are therefore, as the church, the cure to what ails the world. And so I'm just going to get right into this because it's going back in time. I'm, I'm losing track of the heart of what this is about. I'm, try, I'm sorry because I'm trying to formulate what I prepared as a message, and God is shifting me um, into this. My son, okay, Proverbs 2, 1 to 11. I'm just going to jump in here. Proverbs 2, 1 to 11 says this, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver, and search for it as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of the justice, watching over the ways of the saints, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. God has created us to treasure his commandments we are supposed to be sons and daughters who make our ears attentive and incline our hearts toward him. We are supposed to call out for insight and raise our voice for understanding. This, is, this passage in the scriptures is something that I refer to as a spiritual recipe. It's a, it's a recipe. It's, the, the idea is if you put these ingredients together, if you put these ingredients together and you, 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 you do the, uh, you know, you mix it all together in the right way, you get the oven sent to the right temperature and you stick it in, this will occur. You will bake a pie. God's giving us instruction here. It's a spiritual recipe to our freedom. It's a spiritual recipe to the promises that he has for us. It's a spiritual recipe that gains us the insight and understanding and knowledge of the Father. 
when we're reading through this Proverbs 2. And so this is something that is the recipe that God uses to draw us close and that he uses to give us our call, our calling. Um, <laughs> do you have anything that you want to share? Yeah, <laughs> Mike barely, I'm like barely able to, no, you're fine. So, so here's what's happening. We're so busy right now. And it's a privilege to be here and we're running ragged. So we're dealing with a little bit of exhaustion, but God's good. You know what? When we're like weak, he is made strong and his glory is made known because it has nothing to do with us, right? Or the words that come out of his mouth, they're not ours, they're his. And um, my sweet husband, he like, he's literally the best man I've ever no offense to all you men here, honestly, but he's literally the best man that I've ever met in my whole life. And um, he cares so much about you and speaking clearly and understandably. He's been preparing this all week and he's like, babe, I have nothing. I was like, I don't know, babe, we're, gonna, we're just going to go up there. We're going to do this. You know what I mean? Like he, and he like loves structure. I mean, literally loves structure, loves it. So without it, he's like, he is awesome. And you know what? I love that he says yes to the Lord and he bends to his obedience and his tender whisper voice. I'm not making excuse I'm just explaining that this man right here, he's bending to the Holy Spirit right now. And um, that's all we want to do is yield to him. And, you know, just it's funny, like I, we, we've like barely seen each other, so we didn't get a chance to communicate on what he was saying. But it's just funny, you know, this passage, passage here. I'm reading Psalm 119. It's taking me like, does anyone know Psalm 119? <laughs> it's taking me like a week and a half. I'm still not done with it. I'm just taking my time with it. What? Yeah. Yes. I'm just going to read to you just some of the excerpts of it because it's, it's near and dear. How sweet your word is to my taste sweeter than honey in my mouth, his word. This one's really well known. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Hmm. Instruction from your lips is better for me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. <laughs> All of this, the title of this psalm is Delight in God's Word. And this is where it's at, people. This is what the whole thing culminates to. This is our heart. 
is his word. This is everything. This is absolutely everything. The reason we're here, the reason God changed our life is because we made a daily habit and we wouldn't budge. We refuse to budge in our morning devotions and in our time together. This is everything. Absolutely, absolutely everything. This is life. It is literal living water that quenches every thirst from your soul. This is what this is. This is what it is. This is the cure, his little acronym here. It's cure, and he, I'll pass the mic off, and he can explain it to you. But it is the cure. And during COVID, we, as a husband and wife, we were in this really uncomfortable place. And we found ourselves on the, on the morning, in the mornings on our porch, and we would spend like, two and a half like hours together before the kids woke up and we just would, we were talking and praying and pouring over the word. And it was so hard. We were in a hard place. We felt like the transition happening, like our hearts were shifting. Like we felt God speaking something new, but we didn't know what it was and it was confusing and frustrating because I'm a super impatient person. <laughs> so like, what is going on? Like, why am I feeling this way? Why? Like, what is this? And essentially God revealed to us that we were, we were being given birth. We were, we were in a part of the body where we were, it was tight. It was uncomfortable and we were ready to come out. And we didn't know what that looked like at all, whatsoever, at all. We just heard the word go. We just heard the word go. We're like, okay, well, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, God, where? I just we're go, go. And um, he heard it differently than I did. You know, there was like, for me, he tenderly and kindly, like lovingly, like, go. You know what I mean? It was like this, go. And I was like, oh, yes. Like, Father. And for Jordan, he's like, go. You know? He's like so different with us. <laughs> Which is so fun. It's so fun how he speaks to us differently and intimately and personally. Because he knows how we'll respond. Um, and, and so I heard go. And then I heard follow me. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, I will follow you. Where? What are we doing? You know, like trying to figure it out. You just try to figure it out. You try to figure it out. And meanwhile, I was like, I need you. I need you. I need you, God. 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 Every moment, every like microsecond, like if I am not... If I am not positioned in a perspective that is heaven-minded due to being grounded in the word and truth is like repeating in my heart and I am, his presence is around me, anger wells up in me. And, you know, anger and frustration, you know, you just get like, 
annoyed and just mm, and just the things that of life like this is this is everything so i heard follow me and then i heard drop your nuts and i was like okay okay drop your nuts drop your nuts you know th- we had tried to sort this out ourselves, right? So we were trying to figure all of it out ourselves. We're like, okay, well, the logical next step for Jordan would do we become a pastor of a church somewhere. Like that's going to happen because he was an associate pastor over at Real Life Church. So and his like our dream has been to like be in ministry full time. Like this is what we thought what was next for us. And all the while, like, we had been seeking counsel and there were some job opportunities that came, you know, about. And one in particular stuck out to us like, oh, my goodness, it was like everything we could ever dream of. You know, there was this pastor couple duo and they were looking to sew into a young couple for like and mentor them for like a year and a half, which was like a dream come true into taking over their church. Revival's happening there like they're they don't have any debt on their building. It's just like so amazing what's happening. So we're like, wow, yeah, this is probably it, isn't it? You know what I mean? You just get like riled up, you know, and then and then. And then I'm going to pause the story just real quick and go back a hair so it makes sense. Jordan proposed to me in Hawaii. He proposed to me in Hawaii, let's see, 10, 10, 10. So I guess it's 11 years in October. I was like trying to do math. I'm bad at math. So I homeschool my kids, but I read the instructions, okay? Yeah. <laughs> So, so he proposed to me in Hawaii when we were there. I turned to him. I was like, babe, we are going to come back here someday with our future kids, and we're going to raise them here. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. Like, we're, we're coming back. And throughout our 10, the last almost 11 years, I've been like, anytime there's a possible crossroads, I'm like, is it Hawaii? Are we there yet? Are we going? You know? And um, he has like held his cards really close to his heart. And I'm like very passionate, if you can't tell. I'm like, or just, you know, like crying or like, is it Hawaii? You know? Um, and so I'm very like, you know how I'm feeling. Like I express my feelings and he holds his cards pretty tight, probably not to encourage me or discourage me into getting my hopes up for anything. Good husband, good husband. Cause he knows how disappointed I get sometimes. But, um, <laughs> fast forward, we're in this place of just like spending time and the word and just like trying to listen because here's the thing here is the thing that was most tender to our hearts and the most and it still is the most important thing to us is we just wanted to obey we just wanted to obey that's it like this can't be just because maybe things have been hard or uncomfortable or whatever. Like it cannot be us running away. 
Like it cannot be us just moving on because we're ready for a new adventure. You know what I'm saying? Like it can't be like, cause I love change. I love change and it's fun for me. So I can't like, God, this can't be, please. I just want to obey you. Like obedience is everything. Like, listen, you want to know how to make the father's heart feel the most loved? Because often we think about ourselves, we feel loved by you. How do we love the father back? How do we love him back? Through obedience. Because you're saying your will, not mine. Your desires are so much better, so much greater than mine. And I love you. I love you. Yes. Or no. You know, like saying no to things that he asks us to say no to. So, you know, Abraham was a bit, was like a big part of my heart in all of this. Because his obedience blessed the whole entire world. The ent- we are still blessed by Abraham's obedience today. That's how beautiful obedience is. It carries through from generation to generation to generation. And I want to give my kids the blessing of obedience. <laughs> That's what I want. And so through this whole time, we just wanted to obey. And back to Hawaii. <laughs> so we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out. And then Jordan was, you know, we were, we were talking and he's holding his card super tight. And I'm like getting mad at him. Like, tell me how you're feeling. He's like, well, I just, you know, I'm just taking it with, taking it to God. He's being so sweet, the best ever about it. I heard Kona, Hawaii. I heard someone say it and that there was a YWAM base there. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? What did you just say? And, um, and then I heard it again and again. I heard it three times. I never even knew that there was a YWAM in Kona in Hawaii at all. So the, by the third time, I went on my computer and I like looked it up and I was like, spent like six hours. I'm not even kidding you, like six hours just like, oh my gosh. Like, just like you, like, oh my gosh, just like getting so riled up because when you like see something that's like your dream, but it feels so impossible, but you let yourself go there. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, and then it's like, oh, shut the laptop. No more, Kira. Don't do this to yourself. You know, like, don't, don't do it. I don't want to be disappointed. (laughs) He's laughing because he just really knows this really well. Um, and I just like couldn't handle it. Like Jordan got home from work and I was like, we'd be like, what about YWAM? Like, what if we do this? Like, what if, what if it, like, what about this? And he was like, well, yeah, it, it could be, it could be. And I was like, no, tell me more. You know, like he, he's just so, so faithful. And this is why I love how faithful he is. It culminates, I promise. So, um, so we had heard YWAM a few times and we told nobody, 
about why we am like not even our very best friends we told nobody and so we had it in our back pocket we went to go see this church it was amazing it was absolutely amazing revivals having there they have so many ministries that are beautiful and wonderful and the whole time I, I just felt in my spirit like this is not it like God's God's calling us to the opposite you see, back, what, two years ago, we had a house on Clyde Avenue in Jamestown, our favorite street in Jamestown. It was like our dream house, total dream house. And it had like four levels all finished. It was awesome. But we were a, a wee bit house poor. Do you know what I mean? You spend your whole life working for the house that you think you want or love. And that was like, our, that was our track, like just like feeling stressed, like, oh, I need to pick up more work because we have this house payment that's huge, but we wanted it to bless other people. There's validity to big spaces and gatherings and like, yes, there is that. But God was speaking to our hearts something different. So please don't hear me in any way. Like big homes are gifts and they're blessings for the gathering of the children of God. So don't, don't think I'm like against big houses or anything. For us, he had spoke to us separately and we were going to, um, we were going on a trip and he, do you want to, do you want to share this part? Oh, yeah. The downsizing. Yeah. Yeah, so we were, uh, we were on our way down to Pittsburgh, and uh, I had been preparing a message to preach up at Real Life on generosity, and uh, I started to feel very convicted about the fact that we weren't able to be generous people. We weren't able to live generously in the sense of being able to, you know, uh, do things for others and, and able to give when people need, you know, things and so on and so forth. And, and, and I started to feel the Holy Spirit speaking to me in that time of preparation, saying, I want you to sell your house. And uh, I knew it wasn't going to go over very well uh, with her, or so I thought, right? Isn't it interesting how we presume, you know, people that we know really well, we just assume that we know what they're going to say or how they're going to react. So I started to, um, we were driving down the road heading to Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden I felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to talk to her about downsizing. Um, and I was like, oh, really, right now? Like, we're having such a nice drive. <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> And so I listened. I just said, you know what, honey, I want to talk to you about something I feel like the Spirit is saying to, uh, to us regarding downsizing our house. And I said, I think we're supposed to sell our home and get a smaller home. I said, we're just living to pay the mortgage. And lo and behold, she says to me, the Spirit's been saying the same thing to me. Yeah. And so, uh, and so it was just a wonderful moment. By the time we got to Pittsburgh, we had both downloaded all the Trulia, Zillow, all the different apps, you know, and we're looking at houses and, you know, calling our friends that are realtors and making the plans. But we didn't realize at that point in time that what God was doing was preparing us for this. We didn't realize that, that he was making the way and he was preparing us. He was, we eliminated so much stuff going from the bigger house to the smaller house. And then, uh, you know, and then obviously financially we were able to do more and give more and become more generous in spirit. It's not about giving the stuff. It's about the spirit of generosity that dwells in his children. And so we were able to become more generous in spirit. And that is what led, led us on our journey to saying, all right, now let's just sell it all. So we sold our house. We sold our cars. 
Um, we equate it to Elisha slaughtering the oxen. I know. All right, all right. Um, but okay, and then we. Uh, <laughs> so she wants to go back to where she left off, but it, it was just a beautiful, beautiful journey at that point. Yes, I know we only have like five minutes, so he's trying to rush it. I was like, no, no, let me share. So, <clears throat> yes, we're gonna get there. So, going back to that, the the selling of the house and everything that that happened, and um, it was just so amazing. We we went through. I have to just tell you, like, this is one reason why I wanted to continue sharing is I have struggled with materialism for years. Really badly. Like, I want to have nice things. I want to look like I want my house to look really nice. I want, like, they were so important to me that I would, like, hide my purchases from my husband because I wanted it, right? <laughs> Ladies, raise your hands. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that to you. Um, but it's real. It's so real. We have a desire to be liked. We have a desire to fit. We have a desire to look cool, to be cool, all these things. Like, we, it's just a desire of our heart. And so God had been actually working in me in this for years, actually. So when we downsized, it was a big deal that the Holy Spirit actually spoke to me and that we were getting rid of all this stuff because it was, it was, he was asking, he was going to see if we were obedient in that so that we would be obedient in this. And when we were walking around the church doing the tour, um, I just remember like, no, like, all of this is so good, right? It's all the dreams, all the desires. He would be in ministry full time. He'd be getting more income. It would be such a blessing and a gift. But actually, God was stripping that all away from us. And he had started two years ago when he asked us to sell our house. So I had felt like in my spirit, oh my gosh, I really don't feel this is right. And he was super into the church and super into everything. I was like, Oh Lord, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to have to really be a submissive wife here. If this is what's going to happen, everything was awesome. The church was awesome. I just didn't feel right in my spirit. And he was like super into it and come to find out he thought the same thing about me. He thought I was super in it. He saw a keyboard in like every room. He's like, Oh shoot. She loves it. She's going to love this place, but I don't feel like it's right. So on our drive home, we didn't talk for like 30 minutes because we're like, oh, he loves it. It's, it's, it is so beautiful how he has particularly worked in each one of us to this moment, because once we finally shared how we felt about it, I knew in my spirit that Hawaii was it. And he knew in his spirit that Hawaii was it, that becoming a missionary was actually what he was calling us to do. And I just started weeping and saying like, babe, this opportunity that we can give our kids, like, come on. 
Like in church ministry, so often we live separately than our children. They go off and do their thing and we do our thing. And I just feel like such a separation. And actually God's calling us to do ministry together because it was never supposed to be that way. We were supposed to do ministry together as one family. They have just as much to offer the church as we do. They have, they have such power in their prayer and their, their child, being ch- children, being like-minded and sharing the kingdom of heaven, actually, honestly, more faith than we do. We need them. We need them around. We need, we need them. And God's been placing this on my heart like, no, like we, we, need, to, we need to give this to our kids. We need to show them that there's a world like we need to give them the opportunity like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to say yes to the gift and the wonderful adventure that God has for us. It literally was like this for me. He said, go follow me, drop your nets. And it was like a train moving. And he he was holding Jesus himself was holding out his hand. He was saying, you want to come? You want to come? And it wasn't a demand, and he wasn't going to make us choose. Like, he wasn't saying to us, I want you to choose Hawaii. He was saying to me and to us, I'm giving you a a choice. You get to choose. you, You can do the church, and you can take the job, and I will bless you in that. But I have this amazing, wild, crazy adventure do you want to come? Do you want to come? So I'm going to just go back and just say this. If you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, and yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. If you implies your choice, if you do these things, we can't do it for you. We can't do anything except tell you how we have said yes and amen to God's call and his desire for us to go do this thing. And all we can do is put it out there and say, if God's speaking to you, the choice is yours. If you will listen and receive the call, he's got tremendous things for you. He predestined you with a plan and a purpose for good on this earth. And he has amazing things that he wants to do through your life if you choose it. If you choose him, if you choose to discipline yourself in time in the word, choose to discipline yourself in time in prayer, choose to live a life of worship. Worship is not this. We've really sold it short if worship is an opening 15-minute set of music at the beginning of church on Sunday. Worship is a life devoted to God above all else. It's walking in, in, in truth. It's walking with your mind focused on him all throughout your day. It says pray without ceasing. If it wasn't possible, the word wouldn't say it. But it is possible. The Bible declares it is so, and therefore we should do it. As children of God, we need to pray without ceasing and walking throughout our days in prayer. A spirit of prayer is worship because anything that puts our focus on the Father is where it's supposed to be. Anything that causes us to say, God, 
What do you want me to do in this situation? That's where we're supposed to be. That's worship. Every conversation you have where you say, God, what, would you, what do you want me to say? That's worship. And so we are not meant to just come here and use this little time of worship as the only worship we do during the week. We are meant to live a life as worshipers because that is literally what we were created to do. In the Garden of Eden, that was what we were created to be in a state of worship, of being with the Father as one with him, just walking through the, to all of his creation, declaring his goodness. That is our purpose. <laughs> that is our purpose. And now our purpose in a fallen world is to declare it to other people. Go, therefore, you know, make disciples, teaching them, instructing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and then that they can go and do the same. Those are our purposes. The plan, though, by which he wants you to achieve his purpose is by asking him. Go to the Father and ask. And don't just talk the whole time. Listen. It says right there in that same proverb, it says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your... So in other words, if you listen to me, and then it says in verse 3, yes, if you call out, our relationship with the Father is a relationship. We connect with him by making the call, and we connect with him by taking the call. So we're going to just finish up. I've just... Uh, Gosh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's okay if you finish yours. Okay. Sorry, I just get so excited. I just get so excited. You want to know why I get so excited? Because I see faces. And I see people who love Jesus. And I see people who are significant. And I see people with purpose. And I get to be with you. It's a privilege to be with you. So as we close out, um, I just wanted to finish this story real quick. We're on our home. We're driving. We're crying. I expressed to Jordan, this is what we need to do. And he unfolds his heart for the first time. <laughs> You see, when we were actually moving from here to Praise Fellowship Jamestown and planting the church, I didn't want to necessarily go. I was not on board. And at that time in my life, I was like, don't you call me a leader. It's like, don't you say that word over me ever again. It's funny how the, word, or how the Lord <laughs> really disciplines us, isn't it? Um, he's so good. The more you get to know him, you can't help it, right? You just can't. Oh, you just can't help it. But he unveils to me that at that time, God spoke to him seven years ago when we planted real life, that when you're at a crossroads, there's always another option. And he put mission, missions on his heart. And he asked me, he said, 
Hey, babe, what do you think about becoming missionaries? Seven years ago, and I was like, no. That's going to be a no. <laughs> and lo and behold, he revealed to me at this time. I forgot all about that. <laughs> you see, the Lord needed to do a lot of work in me <laughs> and in him, too. I mean, he's awesome, but <laughs> we, we all need to grow. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely more awesome than me, but you know. <laughs> but he had told me that he had been he had the had being a missionary on his heart for the past seven years, <laughs> and he was just waiting for the Lord to unveil it in my heart. <laughs> and this is what has happened, due to. Like, I wasn't necessarily patient, <laughs> but doing to perseverance in the word, in your time with, in our time with him, we persevered the hardship and the trial, and we spent time seeking and not relenting. Like, God, here's my ear. I will sit and wait. I will sit and wait. I will sit and wait. We pushed and we pushed and we dug and we dug and we dug and we dug and we dug. And it's been very, very imperfect. Very, very, very imperfect in how good his grace is. But it has finally felt like my dreams and his will are colliding in unity with my husband in us together in our marriage, it's like this wild explosion that's, that's happening in our life. And so we get excited when, we, you know, when it's time to share. Because <laughs> he's good. We are living proof that the gospel and the church is alive here. Because if it wasn't alive here, we wouldn't be, send out, we wouldn't be sent out. So we just want to thank you. We want to thank you, Praise Fellowship for investing in us, for loving us, for partnering with us, for praying for us, for hugging us, for worshiping with us. Years ago when I was unfaithful, a lot of you know that, back before we had kids, so many of you were, I love you, Kira. We're here for you, you know, like this is a true body. This is a true body. All that has happened here has been like rich soil that has cultivated in, in our hearts. And Praise Fellowship is forever on, written on our hearts. We love you guys. Thank you for having us. We love you guys.